You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, June 10th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Missed Jonah last week. He was chilling on the beach with his family. Um, I will actually, just a heads up, I will actually be off the next two weeks um, heading out west with my family for a trip. So um, Dan Rubin will have you guys covered for the next two weeks, and then I'll be back um, later this month. But Jonah, a lot to get into on today's show. I want to start with this. We've, I, I started a thread on Bucknuts um, last night asking for questions from our subscribers. We got some good ones to get into. Buckeye4527, I like that news, username, by the way. Buckeye4527, you know, little uh, Archie Griffin, uh, Eddie George. Can't go wrong with that. That's a little Andy Katzen more mixed in, but Archie Griffin, Eddie George. All right, here we go. The crux of the show today. Should... College football players have the same right as college basketball players, where college football players can test the waters, declare for the NFL draft, and then if they start getting this stuff like, oh, man, like you know, I might be a seventh-round picker undrafted, I can come back. Um, college basketball players can do that. They can, as we all know, they can declare for the NBA draft, and then they go to the combine, and then they can come back. Um, should college football players have that same right, in your opinion? I think they should. Um, but the thing about college football, Dave, is the numbers are so tight when it comes to uh, making sure you land this, the X amount of incoming high school kids to fill your rosters out. I don't know how they would do that as far as the timing of the NFL draft declaring and the second signing day, because typically what I think you have to declare a few weeks right after the bowls. And then at that point, the coaches hit the recruiting trail to try to fill those positions that they have uh, lost to attrition. So I do think they should be able to do that because, I mean, you look at this past NFL draft, it was absolutely flooded. You had a lot of kids got pushed back in the draft late rounds, as well as not getting drafted because so many kids stayed in school for that extra year because of COVID. And then once the draft came around, uh, a lot of kids stopped, you know, just was not high enough. And those kids right there, I think it would give them a great opportunity to come back to college if that was on the table for them, like college basketball. I'm pretty adamant the college football players should have that right. But you bring up an interesting point about the logistics and everything about that. It's not the same as college basketball. So I understand there, you know, it's not as easy as just saying, yeah, absolutely should happen. But I, I'm, I'm still on the side where I think it should happen. There has to be a way where a kid can like, you know, go to the combine and then, you know, and he, with the way the portal is, he doesn't have to come back to his own school. I just feel like when kids make a decision in late January and then, Maybe they've come to that realization in March. Oh, shit, this isn't going to happen. You know, I think they should have the right to come back to college. It doesn't even have to be at their own school. It could be a different school. Right. And, and a, an example of that is Jalen Marshall. 
we all, everybody on the Buckeyes board was saying, what is this kid doing? Why is he leaving for the NFL? Yeah, he had a decent season, but everyone thought that if he came back for that next year and would have been one of the focal points of the offense, he'd have really helped his draft stop. But he left early, uh, didn't get drafted where he wanted to. NFL career didn't last as long as he wanted to. So that's the type of kid that I would look at to say, hey, Maybe you should think about coming back an extra year of college, even though you had to clear for the NFL. Michigan, did they have two guys who left early who didn't get yeah. drafted? Right. Chris, did. did Chris Hinton get drafted? No. Yeah, I, and that was one of the kids, the, uh, I think one of the running backs or something like that. A Vincent couple years Gray. ago. This. Yeah, Vincent Gray didn't get drafted. And who were and the running back skipped a, skipped a bowl game uh, because he thought that he was going to save himself for the combine and didn't end up getting drafted or something like or that. Michigan? Yeah, Michigan. Was that that was that was that Davy? I'm trying to remember who that was. Was that like Davion Smith? I can't remember. Um, but I believe unless Chris Hinton did get drafted, I think Vincent Gray left early and didn't get drafted. Chris yeah. Hinton, I think, didn't get drafted. Um, or maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, but yeah, I mean, it's a cautionary. I mean, you look at, you look at last year's draft, look at Thayer Mumford, <laughs> you know, seventh seven, round, seventh round. Haskell Garrett. Haskell Garrett. I know yeah. those guys were different because those guys were, I mean, I know they, I don't think Thayer, could Thayer have come back? No, I think he, he took advantage of his COVID year because he never registered. Yeah. He never registered. Right. Haskell technically could have come back, but like he was thinking, why would I come back? Coming into the year, he was projected as a first round pick and then, you're thinking third, fourth round, then he goes undrafted. Something must have not checked out there, man. Maybe medicals. Well, I'm not sure. There's probably a bigger story there. And the way NIL is shaping up, I mean, some of these guys will be making more money staying in college than they would being a fifth, sixth round pick in the NFL fighting to just to make a roster spot. I mean, if you can make a, a half a million dollars sitting in Columbus and working on your on your master's degree, that sounds a whole lot better than uh, fighting just to make a 53-man 53, 53 roster in the NFL. No doubt about it. All right, let's move on to this next one. This is also from Buckeye4527, his second and final question. Um, I like this. Um, he wanted to know favorite college football preseason magazine, and he said his favorite is Phil Steele. That's my favorite, too. I mean, I've got like a yeah. stack of them over here. Like, I think we've got some that like, are they're so old they're like, missing the cover. You know, I mean, look at this. I'm gonna mix in a, uh, gonna mix in a hundred green one here. Uh, that has nothing to do with Phil Steele, but I wanted to throw hundred green in there. What? Oh, here's last year's. Here's last year's. There's twenty. There's twenty twenty one. That didn't yep. go as we wanted. All right, let's get it on to it. So, I think Phil Steele is the best. But okay, if that's if you agree with that, let's go to the let's go to number two. If you agree with Phil Steele's number one, you can correct me if I'm wrong. What's number two if Phil Steele's number one? I also like Athlon. Um, I think Athlon does a really good job with their uh, college football information. I know they've already released their um, first, first, second, and third team All Big Ten projections and everything. And uh, one of the the big dust up questions on Twitter was, "Do you think Zach Harrison?" will live up to the expectations and be first team all Big Ten. That's something that I tweeted out earlier this week because Athlon has Zach Harrison being a first team all defensive end. And I know they had Sawyer at second team and JT at uh, third team. And so that was kind of a, a hot debate this week was, will Zach live up to the hype? I mean, the kid has been – he's I, if you look at their magazines and look back at Phil Steele, Zach Harrison has been getting hyped 
for three years straight now with those type of all Big Ten type of projections. And at this point, I'm just like, prove it to me. I mean, three sacks a year, that's real mid. I, I need to see more from him before I really buy into all of the preseason hype. I've been saying, I think Zach Harrison's going to have a good senior year, his best year, but like not better than Jack Sawyer and JT Tumalau. I never got there. I've been saying things like, listen, let's not forget Steve Miller didn't do anything his first three years. Zach Harrison had a better first three years than Steve Miller. And then look what Steve Miller did as a senior. And I think Zach Harrison's senior year will be better than Steve Miller's senior year. And yeah. it ain't going to be better than Jack Sawyer and JT Tumalau's <laughs> sophomore year, though. Assuming all of them stay healthy, I'm just glad we have that depth. I'm glad they have all three of them. We don't need to pick between them. Right. Okay, we, we can pick between them. We can <laughs> we can be real and say Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimolau are better, and we're glad we have Zach Harrison as well. All right, next thing. Um, all right, in your neighborhood right here, um, four-star defensive tackle, Amari Stony Rock, or excuse me, no, he's from, uh, excuse me, oh, this is from, excuse me, I'm, I'm reading my notes here, I can't read my own writing here. This is from our subscriber to, uh, Stony Rock. He wants to know about four-star defensive tackle Amari Washington from your backyard there, Chandler, Arizona. I looked it up, 27 miles away from Scottsdale, Arizona, where J-Book resides, six foot four, 295 pounds, um, the number 14 defensive lineman in the country, number 110 overall player in the country in the 2023 class the great news here is jb is the dean bill Curlick has put in a crystal ball for amari washington to be a buckeye your thoughts on if he'll be a buckeye and if he is what what is your evaluation of his game yeah he's one of those type of kids that will arrive on campus 300 plus already so you already like where you're at with his size it's just a matter of once you get him there seen how strong he really is already the thing is where he plays high school football at they're a pretty polished high school um, really well coached they play against some of the top competition in Arizona so he's going to come in ready to go you see a lot of these guys that are coming from Arizona they're coming in fundamentally fundamentally developed early um, as far as you know where Ohio State stands I, I I haven't seen anything when he's going to take an official visit. I know he has one on the 24th of June to Michigan State. They're in the mix there as one of the teams that are warm on his list. Uh, but the thing is, Ohio State definitely needs to get him on campus. Uh, a lot of chatter with, you know, the Buckeyes potentially lead. But anytime Bill throws out a crystal ball, uh, you definitely have to feel good where Ohio State stands. No doubt about that. All right, you got to fill me in on this, man. I, I've been a little bit out of the loop, um, but now I'm getting caught up on it. I got caught up on it last night. Um, tell the listeners about this Carnell Tate drama. Uh, <laughs> get into this. Get in. I want you to do a deep, let everybody know about the Carnell Tate drama. What's going on with this? So it goes back a couple of days ago. Basically, Carnell Tate tweeted out that you can be, uh, you can go anywhere and get drafted in the first round. And then Brian Hartline came back and pretty much hit a subtweet. You know, everyone knows that it was going to Carnell Tate basically saying that when you're choosing, choose the best place that's going to put the odds in your favor of potentially becoming a first round pick. Well, Zach Smith and the Menace to Sports podcast, um, they did a segment on that. And Zach Smith has been adamant for months now that he was not a fan 
of the IMG Academy. He did not like how they operate. He thought that uh, a lot of the IMG players are overrated. They're loaded. They're on a stacked team. And the competition that they sometimes play against is grossly unmatched. And Zach has said that for months. And in his evaluation, he went on, went on further to say that uh, you can't even count on one hand how many IMG wide receivers have made it to the NFL. He did say he thought that Carnell Tate, you know, was a good player, but not as good as what a lot of people were hyping him up to be. Well, lo and behold, a Twitter follower from Tennessee, 190 followers, takes a 30-second clip tweets that and adds Carnell Tate's mother into the mix. She blows up, goes crazy. Uh, you know, it's just a whole fiasco. Half of Buckeye fans who can't stand Zach Smith in the Minister Sports podcast was blaming him, saying that he's going to cost uh, Ohio State a recruit here. Brandon Enos, who's friends with Carnell Tate, came back and chimed in over top of all of that and said, how are you guys going to talk about players like that if you want kids to go to your school? So it, it was just a, a giant dust up. And to me, Dave, I just look at it as a situation where, yeah, Zach is the type of person that's going to be up in your face. He's not everyone's cup of tea. But if you actually listen to what he said, it wasn't it wasn't that bad to where it was just a complete gross overreaction he's someone who has coached at a high level coached at the img academy and he gave his evaluation what, what, position, he, what position did he coach wide receiver coach and the thing was he 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 didn't slam carnell tate like that he said he's a good player but he's not as good as everyone thinks he is and if you look at the way img players pan out a lot of them are misses I mean, that's criticism. That's life. That's football. I just think that we're in a society right now that people are so sensitive. Um, when he gets coached hard at the next level, that's what it's going to be. Um, a lot of people think that it's going to come down to pretty much a bidding war. Tennessee's going to uh, pretty much double, triple what Ohio State's willing to put out there as, as potential um, NIL type of money. A lot of people think that hands are out. A lot of manipulation is going on, but who knows behind the scenes. But if I was to guess right now, I think he will eventually choose Tennessee. But the good news for Ohio State fans, Steve Wilfong went on the blue board, asked a question. He said there's nothing that uh, he sees right now to make him think that he should flip his crystal ball from Ohio State to Tennessee. And our own Bill Curley said he's sticking by his pick. So it, it could be a whole bunch of nothing, or it just could be a situation where a kid has already made up his mind, know he's going to take the bunny and go to Tennessee. And he's just kind of using that 30-second clip of what Zach said just to kind of say, see, I told you so as a little, uh, this is why I'm choosing here. Uh, and the mom, you know, she she went private on her Twitter because it was such a big dust up between Ohio State fans basically saying like Zach Smith is not affiliated with Ohio State. He doesn't he no longer coaches Ohio State. He does not have press credentials to Ohio State. He is one man who is a former coach who has a podcast and maybe, you know, leaning towards more talking about Ohio State stuff on a day to day basis. But my point is, Dave, is. At the end of the day, you can't let what someone says on a podcast ruin the opportunity for you to become a great football player and ruin the opportunity for you to make millions of dollars at the next level. If I'm I'm the type of athlete that if someone says something negative about me, I'm going to use that as fuel to say, hey, I'm going to prove you wrong 
But at the same time, I'm going to go to a place that is going to give me the best odds possible. And any way you look at it, Zach said, if you go to Tennessee, it's a major gamble. And he's right. You look at the Tennessee wide receiver coach. He's never coached major D1 football. He's always been an FCS coach, um, smaller schools. He's a first-time position coach. So you're saying, yes, I can make it to the NFL anywhere, but you are taking a major risk going to be coached by someone who has never put anyone in the first round, who has never coached at a high level in college football. Thank you for unpacking that. You did a fantastic <laughs> job of that. Thank you. I mean, that was really good. Like um, the listeners might need to like uh, play that all back. All right, let's hit these. We have three questions from Chip Munn, our guy Chip Munn that I want to hit. Regards, Chip. How you doing out there? Um, so we can hit these pretty quick. All right. Who's going to be the second running back in the 2023 class for the Buckeyes, in your opinion? Yeah, it's it's really hard to see, you know, who they're going to get right now. And I know they like Justice Haynes out of Georgia. A lot of people think he's a Georgia league. Uh, Dalen Smothers out of North Carolina is another name that a lot of people are talking about. Um, they're looking at some of the some lower level guys. There's a, a couple three stars that they're trying to get up to camp. So right now, I don't know who they will actually have as a second running back. I just think that that's going to be a situation that plays out. I do think if they're going to take another guy who's not as highly ranked, they have a little bit of time to see how that player performs during the actual season. All right. I like this one, too. Um, Austin Novosad, 2023 quarterback. So the Buckeyes stacked at quarterback. They got Dylan Rayola coming in in 2024. We're like, we know Ryan Day is going to want to get a 2023 quarterback. And if he doesn't, he's going to get a transfer because, you know, he wants four scholarship quarterbacks on the roster when he can, at least three. Um, This year is kind of perfect, even though I don't have four. Like, can you imagine a better situation than C.J. Stroud, Kyle McCord, and Devin Brown? I can't. All right, so Austin Novosad. So Chip wants to know, Jay Book, can Ohio State flip Baylor quarterback commit Austin Novosad this weekend? I mean, I, I think they have an opportunity. The fact that the kid is even showing the type of interest to where he's flirting with Ohio State. Um, Dave, you and I know we've seen uh, Ohio State quarterbacks commit. The last thing that the school wants is if you're a quarterback to be out there flirting with other programs. Uh, and it would take a confident quarterback that wants to come in and play behind Devin Brown and be sandwiched in between Dylan Rayola. So do they have a, have an opportunity? Absolutely. For the simple fact that this kid is looking to, you know, get up to Ohio State for an official visit and then see how things play out. You know, keep in mind, he does have a, a Baylor official visit um, on the 17th. So after that Ohio State visit, I'm sure he's going to be riding high on cloud nine. And then it's going to be up to Baylor to see if they can uh, keep him home there. But he's a heck of a football player. I mean, you, you look at all of his accolades. He's an elite 11 uh, finalist there. He was the Texas District uh, 5A MVP as a junior. So the kid can absolutely sling it. All right, last one. Uh, this is one I know a lot of Buckeye fans are wondering. If, you know, We're focused on the 2022 season, but looking ahead to the 2023 season. All right, after this season, this is also from Chip Munn, can Ohio State prevent Mayan Williams and or Evan Pryor from entering the portal? Again, not before this season, but after the 20, because obviously Travion Henderson is going to come back for another year. Can they prevent either of those guys from entering the portal? 
I think it would be contingent on how many touches all three of those kids get this year. If they see that Ohio State has a plan that was very successful to where all of those guys had some form of success, I think it makes an easier selling point. And I say, why not? Georgia was able to do it. You look at you look at today's game, running backs are they're they're platooning right now because they want to touches for each other. I mean, those running backs, they're getting a lot of NIL money at Ohio State. I would say Evan Pryor is probably behind Henderson and Mayon. I mean, you look at at a photo of Mayon at the over there at the memorial. He's sitting there at the table with the shot and stings, and then uh, <laughs> and then song. Jackson, yeah, and Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and, and CJ Stroud. So those guys are, yeah, or CJ Stroud. They're over, they're over there getting buttered up. So that tells you right there that he he's living the luxury life in Columbus. So anytime you you think about where those guys are going, unless they're going to get uh, an opportunity that's going to wow them, on top of that, getting a significant amount of NIL that they're not receiving it in Columbus, then I do think that if they can find some success this season, all three of them, you do have a, a really good shot at keeping them next year. Great stuff, as always, from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. Great stuff. Um, thank you to all of the listeners out there. We really appreciate you guys tuning into the show. I will catch you guys in about uh, three weeks. Again, Dan Rubin will have you covered the next two weeks. Thanks again to Jay Book. Thanks to all of you for tuning into the show. We uh, appreciate it very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Mm-hmm.